Hi all, this is Renee talking to you today on my own. Michaela is a bit bit uh, a bit busy, um, so I will be speaking on my own today, as she's done in the past. So today the topic is all about relationships you should avoid, and when I say relationships, I really mean originally romantic relationships you should steer clear of. Now, I'm going to start with the first uh, bit, which is overly possessive people. And this can also happen on a friendship level, absolutely. Yeah, there are friends that are very possessive. So at the end of the day, that's not really a friend, is it? But I'm not focusing on friendships here. I'm focusing more on romantic relationships. So basically, um, let's say you meet a person. I'll, I'll pretend I'm a, a, a man, okay? Who's met a girl that he fancies, she fancies him, and they start dating. Then he says, be my girlfriend. She says, yes. But this guy, he's got a busy job. He deals with a lot of people. And he has to survive, you know. He has to pay his dues. And the girl does too, but she knows that he works with a lot of women. He's a straight guy. It can happen with gay guys too, by the way. I'm, not, I'm focusing on straights, but absolutely in the gay world as well. And so, you know, he works with a lot of women. And she starts spying on him. He goes and hangs out with colleagues, male and female. After work, she waits for him to leave work and follows him and then decides to hide behind a pillar and spy on him, just to give an example. She calls him up throughout the day ten times. Hey, why didn't you answer my text message? What are you doing? Are you cheating? This, hap this starts happening after a month of being a, a couple. Right there, this relationship is meant to fail because this girl doesn't trust this guy. Sorry, my, my dog had to comment. Um, the opposite, again, straight, you know. There's a beautiful girl who starts dating a a dude, and he can't stand that she has male friends that are just friends that she's known forever. And um, he starts to threaten her by telling her things, hey, if I, hey, you know what? I can cheat on you too. That's a, that's a big one. That strategy is the worst when they say, I can cheat on you too, and you haven't even done anything. Okay. Um, again, you really have to use your brain here. 
I mean, if a person uses a strategy like that, this is bound for disaster. End of story. So if they, if they, for example, this guy, very jealous, he says, oh, I could, or he tries to flirt with other girls deliberately to make you upset, but deliberately, like, hey, you're looking nice and that. That, that's a big no-no. Because if you've just started a relationship and he's insecure, I mean, the first example was the opposite. You know, the woman was insecure and harassed the guy. In this case, it's the man who's insecure and is threatening the woman. I've seen both. And as a woman, I've, of course, experienced this. And if I could talk to my past self, I would tell myself, get out of that relationship. What the hell are you doing? What the hell are you doing, Renee, being with a person like this? And, and this person would torture me, by the way, would say things like, yeah, so-and-so asked for my number, and you know, I can get her, and, and I'm like, but why are you telling me this? This was when I was in my early 20s. Oh, so-and-so this and that. Ah, but then if a guy looked at me, oh, he, he would flip. He was very insecure. And I should have never given him the time of day. And in the first case, I know of cases like that too. This story that I just mentioned, the real story is similar. This person was a, is a successful businessman. And one of his girlfriends was psycho. She would follow him. She would call him up at work. And he couldn't even hang out with his friends from work because there she would be hiding behind a pillar. She then accused him of some things. She punched him and then said that he punched her. Again, in both cases, there were red flags. And both that person and myself we should have called it quits right after that first red flag because you can't change a person. When you see those signs right off the bat, that's a huge red flag. So folks, I'm telling you, if that happens after the first month or after six months of dating or after even a year, if, if stuff starts to go weird, you're going to have a big problem on your hands. Get out of it. Okay? Now, uh, my next point is another sort of problem. And this is not so much about possessiveness, but rather a person who doesn't know how to be without his or her Nuclear and extended family. Okay? Now, uh, let me just check the recording. Hold on. Now, we all have families. We love our families. Okay? And that's all very well. But when you're in a relationship with someone, you, you do have to know the difference between your wonderful family 
and the time you give to your partner. And sometimes you can share that time with your family. What's a big no-no is when the person expects you to deal with his or her family 24-7. And what I mean is, for example, you start dating, the weekend comes around, and instead of saying, hey, let's go to a movie, let's hang out at your house on our own, or hey, let's walk in the park if there's no money. Instead of saying any of that, the person says, hey, let's go hang out with my family. But it happens every weekend, every Friday evening, Saturday, Sunday, over and over and over again. And soon you feel you're just an extension of that family. This is a huge red flag. I'm saying it because once again, I've lived it. Huge. And I will tell you why I ended up doing this towards the end of my talk. But, okay, so every weekend, every single... Do we have anything in common? Oh, let's go to the movie and then be with my family. What are we doing now? We're going with my family. There comes a point where you run out of things to talk about with the family. And soon you start opening yourself up too much with members of that family. And then they can use that as artillery against you in the future. Okay, I'm, I'm using my head while I say this. And also, your one-on-one -on -one time with your partner seems to dissipate. It, it, it seems to vanish. You think of your partner and you think of your partner with his family. And guess what? You marry that person if you make that huge mistake. Nothing's going to change. That person is obsessed with his or her family and it's not going to change people. It's not going to change. In fact, it'll get worse because then, yes, people will opine. And when children come into the picture... Lord Almighty, you know, God help you, because you're going to receive a lot of opinions from people who really have no reason to be talking about your relationship or how you raise your kids. This is for people who have kids. People who don't, if you're already being sucked in by the family, careful, okay? The family can be very charming, Sometimes you have no choice. Like if you're marrying into the royal family, obviously this is a completely different scenario and there are great expectations, okay? So you have, this is why whatever Meghan Markle says is nonsense because she knew damn well she was marrying into a very famous family that's based on tradition. That's a different case. You see, this is where you have to use your head. Obviously, if you, if you marry into a royal family, you are going to be tied in with royal people. So, be prepared. If you're not prepared, don't. <laughs> if you have the opportunity to become involved, well, don't bother if you're not mentally prepared. Okay? I really admire Kate Middleton. 
because she did know what she was getting into. All right? So that's different. But for the common Joe, the regular Joe and Jane, if you see a mega absorbent family and you see your partner, your partner's opinions depend on the opinions of his family, you're setting yourself up for a major failure. Major. With loads of problems. Avoid it. Find yourself a partner or let a partner find you who, yes, appreciates his or her family, but knows how to draw the line, knows how to distinguish between a partner and family and knows when to mix them up. If they can't do that, you either brainwash yourself and accept the fact that you're going to be dealing with these people regularly or you get out of the relationship, okay? Because if their umbilical cord is, I don't know, like a chain, that you're not going to be able to break it. And there will be a lot of interference. And there are some people who just think that when they get married or when they're with someone, they think they have to bring their entire group of people into the relationship. Also, it also can happen with friends, but I think with, with friends it's a little easier, okay? Uh, with with uh, <clears throat> relatives, if the person is stuck on his or her family, they will continue to do so throughout the relationship and if you get married during your marriage. So, you don't want that? Don't get into it. Hmm? Have a clinical eye. <clears throat> now, this brings me to yet another issue. And here, yes, you have every right to stand up for yourself. Let's say you married one of these people who uh, was, had the strongest umbilical cord ever. And you decide to get away from that. Like if you're married, you decide to get a divorce. Well, set your boundaries from the get-go. Once you're divorced or separated, you have every right to tell that person, look, you want certain things done. I'm not going to do them for you because I am no longer your partner. Unfortunately, Folks, there are people who even when they split up with the other person, they, they still believe they, they can control them. That they can demand things from that other person. No. Obviously, if there are children involved, then there has to be a sort of official agreement. Okay? But even then, you know, uh, some people just can't um, see clearly. And they still think they can control who you deal with, who you talk to, what you do on a regular basis. And your answer should be no. 
you and I are no longer an item. And even when we were together, we were supposed to have built our relationship on mutual trust. Meaning, I can't control you and you can't control me. Okay? You can't and I can't. That's why there's supposed to be trust. When that trust is broken, then much less. Okay? I have no right to tell you who, to, who you can and cannot see. And you have no right to tell me who I can and cannot see. And unfortunately, a lot of people don't get this. And it's very stressful. It feels like a constant battle. It's exhausting. So you have to build yourself up. You have to stand up for yourself. You can share your feelings with good friends and have them support you emotionally. But at the end of the day, you have to draw the line. And it's damn hard. But you have to do it. You have to have the balls, pardon my French, you have to have the balls to do it. Because if you don't, that other person will continue to control you and slowly eat at you. Okay? Don't let them. Don't let them. And, um, well, all of this brings me back to point two. Where I, in my case, I could have seen a lot of red flags and I closed my eyes. And I've learned a lot since then, and I'm going to share it with you. And this is, uh, I'm, I'm coming now to point four, which is do not, for the love of the universe or of God or whatever you believe in, do not stay in a toxic relationship. For the sake of not being alone. And I know there are many people out there who continue to be in these putrid relationships because they can't face loneliness. Folks, loneliness is not a terrible thing. And as, as Michaela and I have said before, there are other interests, okay? You don't need to be lonely. You can fill your life with loads of activities. You know, creativity, like if you like writing or painting or a good sport. You can get yourself a pet. You can hang out with your good friends. You do not need to stay in a toxic relationship because you don't want to be alone. What is it? How can I put it? Was it Shakespeare who said this? I can't really remember, but to thine own self be true. Be true to yourself. If you are not happy in that relationship, because that person is not doing you any good and you don't feel... I'm not saying that you have to feel good about yourself because that person 
you know, motivates you or whatever. No, no, no. What I'm getting at is, you know, don't remain in that relationship because you, you don't want to go to sleep alone at night because you're afraid of ghosts or something. Or you don't want to look like a, a single chickadee, you know? Who cares? Times are changing. So it's, it's better now than it was back when I was young, okay? And really, you um, can do so much on your own. And you can give yourself the opportunity to meet someone who's more compatible with you. Because that's the other thing. If you get involved with, with someone toxic who's not, who doesn't match your personality, maybe that person isn't toxic with someone else. We can look at it that way as well. But you and him or you and her, you just, you just don't match. Don't push it. Don't push it. And again, if I could step back in time, I mean, I'm sharing this advice because I wish I could go back in time sometimes and tell my younger self, okay, why, why are you still in this? Why? Years of my life, in a way, were wasted. And... Well, you can't turn back time, can you? But you learn from experience. And in this case and on this podcast, uh, Michaela and I, you know, we try to share what we know to help you. So please, don't be afraid to be true to yourself. Okay? You'll, you'll be okay. You'll be okay. Anyhow, well, I'm going to wrap it up here. Um, I wish you all a wonderful and productive week. And may the force be with you. Ciao.